When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Narco as Iron Man. Are you saying you, you'd rather it? So, oh, no. If you pull, um, if you click on your um, your screen where you can see you and drag it, it will bring you up bigger. Oh, okay. Because I'm doing that to me currently. And ah, can, there it is. Yeah. So you can. Wow, let, that's you can... weird, man. I look like I'm uh, just in front of a green screen with the uh, a shitty background. I wanted to buy, but I didn't pay full price for, so it's blurred. Yeah, that's <laughs> so weird. You can you can make yourself look like the news if you um if you pull the um pull the uh, pull the thing where it's big enough, and then next to you is uh, a bigger screen of me, and it's it's almost as if you're presenting the news. <laughs> So, um, yeah, uh, as you see me and Jason learning um, technology, it's quite interesting. Uh, Jason, if, if you haven't figured out yet, this is uh, probably one of the top five, if not top three, most unprofessional podcasts uh, of all time. Uh, and if I don't have two of them, then, um, well, I will not be happy. Uh, but, yeah, I, I did... Um, I did think a while back when I was uh, setting up a schedule for season one of uh, I Don't Even Like Podcasts. Uh, yeah, see, I have a cool name too. Um, <laughs> I, I thought to myself, all right, you know, uh, I'll get this person. You know, I, I talk to these people all the time. And then I think to myself, all right, there's a number of people who were in the same line of work as me who, um, you know, I haven't connected with as much. I mean, you and me, we, we talked when uh, I used to host that guy's show and, um, you know, you went on to host that guy's show. You know, we, we talked when a little bit that here and there, but we never really connected on a sort of like, you know, like I have with Rob Dickin, like I have with Daniel Spencer. You know, I, I figured doing one of these, you know, we, we'd have a little fun. You know, you, you're a comedy guy. I'm a clown. I've got, cl <laughs> I've got a clown mask. Some, well, not a clown mask, a joker mask, but. Halloween ended yesterday. I can take the mask off. Um, but yeah, so I, I figured uh, we'd do one of these. We'll have a little bit of fun. And, um, you know, if I never actually plan anything out. I say to myself, self, I'm going to get this person. In your case, Jason Marshall of uh, We Don't Have Any Cookies. See, I beat you to your own plug. <laughs> um, I think to myself, okay, I'm going to get this person. I'm not going to plan anything. I'm not going to write anything down. We're just going to see where it takes us. I mean, we, we could sit here for a good 30 to 40 minutes, maybe an hour, maybe three days, and talk about a butterfly spoon hey, that is 3D printed. Or we could sit here and talk about your wonderful background. This is just where life goes. You're a comedy guy. I'm a clown. It's just what happens. <sighs> Welcome to the podcast, Jason. <laughs> Well, it's it's nice to be here, Harry, and it's good to talk to you. Like you said, um, we've had a lot of things in our life that have sort of crossed, but for whatever reason, we've just never really uh, uh, interacted too much. So it's good to be on, man, and uh, nice to talk to you finally. 
in a in a different setting. I I really think actually this is the most that we've ever talked one on one so far, and it's maybe what three minutes in, something like that. Well, see, um, a lot of people don't know we have been on a show together on the uh, Vince mm-hmm. Russo Network. Um, you know, uh, situations aside, that was a great show. Um, but yeah, like you said, we've never had this one-to-one, um, you know, I I would offer you, uh, some of the Pepsi, but I only have one and that's mine. Um, you know, I would offer you ice cream, but I'm not going to. And, um, well, I mean, you you could play God of War with me if you want, but I only have one controller. So, uh, this is just getting a bit difficult. I don't know where we go from here. You an Xbox or a PlayStation guy? Uh, PlayStation. Okay. uh, I, I always play Xbox, so. We're already getting off to a bad start. <laughs> yeah, and that's weird, man. There's such a divide between Xbox people and PlayStation people, you know? I mean, there was a talk a couple of years ago when they were saying, um, oh, you know, they're trying to work out cross-platform stuff going. At, at the end of the day, we're, we're all people. We, we all love our games. Like, surely we can all just figure a way to find that middle ground. Well, you know, I've always said that I don't want to get too serious on the show, but I've always Good, said this isn't that, a serious show. <laughs> I always said even racism is one of those things where, yeah, th- that's a great way to start the show off. But if we were all the same color, it's just human nature. We always keep dividing ourselves into these weird things. If you're a Pepsi or a Coke guy, if you're a Chevy or a Ford guy, if if we were all the same color and we would divide ourselves into hair color and shit like that. We really got to figure out how to move past this shit, man. Cause like you said, we're all just people who want to do stuff and uh, playing video games. <laughs> like being a wrestling fan is one of those things you kind of get bashed for in different circles. And you know, everybody just needs to really mellow the fuck out, man. <laughs> Life is not that serious and just try to get along as best you can. It's funny you bring up wrestling because, um, you know, I tried to get away from wrestling. Like when I first started doing this, my sole intention was never wrestling. There's a million and one podcasts out there that do wrestling. I was always saying, yeah. you know, video games, um, movies, TV. Hey, I could just sit here for an hour making noises and, and I wouldn't really care. But um, where do you stand on wrestling at the minute? Because I... Um, completely out of that. If it's not something one of my friends are doing, I, I really, I, I don't touch it. I've, I've basically quit watching WWE. I've been a fan, God, at least since 1989. That's the first time I bought a wrestling magazine. So I, I can't remember when I first started. I know it was like Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling or something like that. Um, but Vince McMahon seems like he does not want me to watch. Because <laughs> anytime I get into something, he completely ends it and drives it into the ground. And I was talking to somebody about this earlier. There was a show, uh, I forget what it was called, but it was on the WWE Network. It was really good. And Vince killed it because it got too real. And so I, I just. Talking smack. Um, no, that was a good one too, because that person brought that up. But this was with uh, Peter Rosenberg. And yes, I love that I show. I know the one that the the one where it was it was essentially like a almost like a round table and he had a couple of people and, and they'd talk about real things. Almost yeah, like JBL a almost like there a lot. Yeah. And it was a great show. It got a little too real. He ended that. Um just so many things. And I thought, you know, if you want me to quit watching, 
I I will because it feels like you want me to stop. But I started watching uh, AWA, NWA, and um, I, I watch a little New Japan here and there. I want to watch MLW, but for whatever reason, I almost always forget it's on. But uh, I, I like wrestling. It just seems like they don't want me to. Yeah, and uh, the the whole um, oh, there's so many options thing doesn't really uh, do it either because it's like yeah, there's so many options, but there's only 24 hours in a day, and life is uh, life really does bring a lot of time out of your day. Well, the other thing too is there's always been a lot of options. Um, you just had to look for them. There's always been PWG. There's always been some version of CZW. Mm. There was um, Chikara. There was Lucha Underground. TNA before it was impact. There's always been something out there. So I, I don't really care about the, there's so many more options now. There's more options that are, um, I don't know if viable is the right word, but there was NWA Hollywood before Billy Corgan bought the NWA. There's always been something out there. So mm -hmm. it seems, it, it seems like something people bring up that haven't watched wrestling very long or just yeah. never really got into it. And and just now they're discovering there's things out there when they're in reality there's always been. And and you say you kind of forget to watch um, MLW. I I kind yeah. of fell into that <laughs> trap as well. Oh, we got a special guest in the background there. Your uh, your cat has walked into the room. Oh, nice. Um, but yeah, I I kind of forget about MLW as well. I really like what they're doing, and um, mm -hmm. I probably will try and go out of my way to watch the pay-per-view uh, tomorrow night, depending on what time it is, because uh, I work Sunday mornings. But, um, yeah, they really do something special, but it does really much, really feel like um, sort of uh, the the late 2000s uh, Ring of Honor has that yeah. sort of feel to it, where it could be something, but it's not quite there yet. <clears throat> Would you agree with that? Yeah, and I was watching uh, Impact just this week. It just started on um, on Access TV. It's the first time I've been able to watch it in a long time. And I really got that vibe from Ring of Honor or uh, Impact that it, it really felt like Ring of Honor not that long ago. To me, I've kind of given up on Ring of Honor. Um, I hate to say that. I always I used to like it a lot. And I, I don't know. I don't know if they just lost so many people like they... Uh, they ended up losing the elite and all the people that was in new Japan that went with AEW. I think that affected it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't really know what happened to be honest with you. I just can't get into it. And recently people have been talking about how Randy Orton should jump ship to AEW because his contract's coming up. And I've heard other people say, well, that would, if he did all the people who hate him would love him now. And to a degree, I completely agree with that, but I think that's a good thing. I think him having a change of environment would help him because he's gotten boring. And the reason I brought that up is because of the Briscoes. I love the Briscoes, but they have been in Ring of Honor for so damn long that I don't care about them anymore because they're just the same guys. If, if, they, were, if they just went to Impact for a year or somewhere else where they were completely free of ring of honor when they come back it would be a big deal it's like damn the briscoes are back in their home man this is awesome but i want to see them somewhere else for a while you know and maybe that's the problem with ring of honor i have no idea 
that that um that logic is kind of like when um when Nigel went to uh, Nigel McGuinness went to uh, TNA and then oh, obviously yeah. when his contract was up he he went back to uh, Ring of Honor he was only an announcer or a commissioner but still it was like okay you've gone away uh, if you don't go away I can't miss you but right. now you're coming back so it was like yeah he he really meant something so yeah if you know Briscoes Orton anyone that's gotten that sort of done everything you know they're, they're boring now kind of thing if they did that they go away and come back that means something again yeah and i think that's part of my maybe it's part of my problem with wrestling because i remember when i was a kid i would record all the wrestling i could on a videotape and i remember i had this one vhs tape where I wrote down that it was some episode of WCW, like one of the syndicated episodes, yeah. and Greg the Hammer Valentine was on there. And I remember on the VHS tape, I wrote down the name of the show, and then I wrote Greg the Hammer Valentine with exclamation points because I was so shocked that Greg the Hammer Valentine was in WCW because <laughs> I'd only seen him in WWF because yeah. I was I was fairly new at the time. And when he was in WWF, at the point I was watching, we're talking like the um, Rhythm and Blues era and stuff like that. No one gave a shit about Greg the Hammer Valentine. But the fact that he was... No one does anyway now. (laughs) But the fact that he went to WCW, had the blonde hair, it was a big deal to me. I don't think it really did anything ratings-wise or put any butts in the seats. But it felt like, hey, man, this guy's got a fresh start. He's in a whole different place. I can watch him with a whole different group of people. And when you got the same rotating cast, I don't give a shit how big your roster is. It's the same people. And it, it just kind of, I don't know. It, it really feels like, like it's just very, very stale. And when you have a hundred and some people on a roster, it should never feel very, very stale. Yeah, that's that's probably... That's one of the two things that, uh, be it WWE and AEW, because no one else seems to have the overloaded problem. But um, there's two problems I have when it comes to wrestling. So we'll we'll just group those two as a whole. And that's overcrowding. So, you know, just having so many people there when it's like, you know, if you, you know, I never want to see anyone lose their job, but if you cut that roster in half, you could focus on people. You could make people mean something. Right. And the other thing is is storylines. Because if you look at what they're doing now, storylines slash characters. Because, I mean, if you look at people now, you look at the top the top people. You All you've got is just wrestlers with cute little nicknames. Oh, the man. Oh, um, whatever they call Seth Rollins. Um, <clears throat> American Nightmare. I mean, I don't. Cody doesn't look like a nightmare. Um, but it's, it's, there's no characters. There is absolutely no characters. Um, even someone who I actually really like, uh, MJF, isn't really yeah. even a character. He's you know he's a, a heel, a wrestler, a heel. He's good, but he's not even a character. And I was always drawn to characters because I was drawn to The Rock, The Undertaker, Kane, because I was a '90s guy. Uh, well, late '90s, early 2000s, and. It's just you look now and it's just it's almost like we have left the sports entertainment era and it, it's wrestling again. And sure, everyone loves that, but I don't. I cannot watch this. And well, I'll tell you what, my favorite actual character wrestler, anyone 
actually in wrestling is Rosemary because she feels like the only one who really is a character. And the, the lady that actually does the character, she must be quite talented to be able to portray the character like that. I've watched her and Ali's uh, YouTube series a couple of times. She really gets the whole character thing, and that's just something that's missing now. And with 101,000 writers in every company, you'd think that they'd be able to get characters and storylines, especially as everyone's always like, oh, you know, they're, they're the comic book writers and all that. If you go and look at a comic book, story, characters, things that make sense. You look at this, you just see wrestling. And that's it's almost contradictory because you're watching wrestling, but then you're not really watching wrestling for wrestling. You want story development, characters, that sort of thing. But yeah, yeah that's kind of that's kind of just um that's what's pushed me away. Now I'll only watch um you know the occasional show or one of my friends are doing something um i'll watch what they're doing other than that it's like yeah i'm just completely removed from wrestling i've talked to a few people who have written there in the modern era yeah. and basically what it comes down to is they write stuff and then somebody namely vince usually and I, I don't want to say him every time but he just comes in he changes everything or he doesn't like something and you you kind of have to write whatever it is he wants you don't really get to write your own thing and i uh i hate the creative direction in wwe but i think a lot of it really falls on him because i've talked to a few people who i think that would do really really well and it's just really not hitting and the the thing that's really funny is they've told me things when you're when you're watching the show and you think it's going one place they're like man He's going to end up doing this. You just watch. It looks like they're going to go this way. And right now, everyone really, really thinks they are going to go this way. But that old man is going to change his mind. And this is what's going to end up happening. And I didn't put much stock into it. And the next thing you know, you're watching. And you're like, fuck's sake, man. Two months later, that's what happened. He ended up going a whole different way. And But uh, to MJF, man. I really like that guy. I was thinking earlier, uh, the guy reminds me of a mix, not looks wise, but a mix between The Rock and Lex Luger because he's really got damn good mic skills. Yeah. And when I grew up watching wrestling, it was mid 90s when I really, really got into it. And well, actually, early 90s. And or, uh, Lex Luger was one of those guys who got along with Sting all the time. But he was a bad guy, and Sting was a good guy, and they were on the same side a lot of the time. They did face off, and that's kind of what reminds me of what's going on with him and Cody now. Is You know, he's, he's a bad guy, but he likes that dude because they've always been friends. And even though he's a heel, he's still going to stand up for his friend. And it it, it kind of has that weird dynamic. I hate tweeners, but I don't really feel like he's a tweener just yet. And I, I think the, the mic skills are really going to kind of force their hand and make him be a face because he's just so damn good. And he's so entertaining that people want to see him, even if he's being a complete dick. Yeah. And that kind of happened with the rock. The rock would go out there and just shit all over everybody because he was at the time was just getting over the die Rocky die thing went out shit on everybody was just 
pissing vinegar on the mic, but damn entertaining. And everybody ended up loving him, even though he hated them because they were entertained by him. I, I think a lot of that is going down with MJF. I feel like, um, I, I don't know, I, I feel like they're, they're just going to go the predictable route with him and, and sort of like, yeah, they'll keep him healed. You know, while he's with Cody, yeah, yeah, he loves Cody. But I do feel like if Cody wins the title next week, which, let's face it, Cody's in the Triple H spot, he's probably going to win the title. I feel like that'll be when it'll be the snap and, yep, you know, he's our top heel. He snapped, turned on Cody after all of this. No, no, we're fine. And suddenly, yeah, he's that top heel, and they'll find that little way to turn it all around and have him um, actually be hated. Because uh, as as much as you know, we're in an era where it's like uh, it's respect everyone. Oh yeah, they're a great performer. I still feel like he's got that it that is like okay, he knows he's a heel. He knows he's in a generation where there's so much respect for the performers. They'll still turn that around. I um. I think a, a good example of that was, um, I think it was when Tessa Blanchard was heel and um, they were giving her that respect after a match with someone. I don't remember who it was, but, um, you know, there was that moment where I was like, oh, okay, yeah, thank you, you know, thanks for the respect. And then she just goes and flips them off and then they start booing her again. Um, I, I feel like it's going to go that way. Like if there's there's a handful of people that still can be an actual heel now, not just, you know, Oh, I'm a bad guy, but everyone still loves me. And I feel like he's one of those people that still can be a heel. A hundred percent MJF is going to turn on Cody. Don't yeah. get me wrong. That's yeah, yeah. going to happen. hundred percent, man. But I I really hope they keep up the dynamic, just yeah. like they did with Sting and Luger, where Luger's a dick, man. He's going to turn on, on his friend just to get the title because he just wants the money more than the friendship. Yeah. And then something will happen. He'll come back. I, I'm really hoping they do that. Whether they do or not, I don't know. I mean, there has to be longevity there in order for that to happen. Because yeah. even in like the late 90s, Sting and Luger were still, you know, on, on screen where they had that love-hate relationship where they would be there for each other. And the next thing you know, they're fighting. And I, I kind of, I got a feeling that, that's, yeah. yeah, I hope anyway. Um, as a whole, how do you rate that that TV show? Because like from the short time they've been going, I've only actually watched one episode. Um, mm -hmm. But now, how, how are you finding it? The first episode, I really liked it. Yeah. Um, second episode was okay. Third episode, I think if I remember right, I, I didn't quite like that one as much. That was like a, whole episode of tag teams or something something like that and, yeah uh, the, it's almost the, as if teddy long booked it yeah so the episode after that i really liked and then this last episode was kind of middle of the ground so um i'm, I'm not like over the moon about it but i i think it's um because i'm just so burned out on wwe right now and i I want to like NXT, but to be honest, I never really followed it much. I watched all the takeovers, and I always loved the takeover shows, nice. but it wasn't enough to get me to watch NXT. And the fact that they're on Wednesdays on USA kind of, it feels like the only reason they moved them to USA is because AEW was on. So it, yeah. it leaves a bad taste in my mouth, so it's hard to watch now. So. Yeah. For my money, AEW's my choice of of what's 
on in America prime time. But uh, real quick, though, I I do want to say a lot of people are talking about how NXT started this fight with AEW. And one thing I don't think a lot of people really think about is when NXT, when AEW started, they started running their pay-per-views on Saturdays. NXT's pay-per-views have always been on Saturdays. They announced they were going to TV. They went on Wednesday and NXT's always been on Wednesday. Wednesday, Yeah. But so it, it kind of feels like if anybody really started it, maybe it was AEW. But the other thing, to be fair for AEW, I I really think they always wanted to be on Tuesdays. That's why they trademarked Tuesday Night Dynamite. Yeah. So as much as I want to do the conspiracy theory that AEW started it, I it does make me wonder, though, if they did go to Tuesday, would NXT be on Tuesday now? Now, if, if that would have happened and NXT went to Tuesday, 100% WWE was starting this fight. But it, um, it does feel like one of those um, when you've got two friends, uh, two friends of yours that get into a disagreement and then it, it really erupts into like a full blown feud. And uh, one person's telling you one thing as to how it started. And then the other one is telling you a completely different story as to how it started. This feels exactly the same. It's like, OK, uh, NXT started to fight by uh, moving to USA on um, Wednesdays. Mm, OK, yeah. All right, but they were there all along. But then AEW, obviously, with the pay-per-views. Yeah, well, NXT was there all along. So it's kind of like you never really know who is to blame, even with all of the facts. It's kind of like, well, kind of it's both of your fault, really. And you can always point to them counter-programming AEW with Evolve. But at the same time, you know, they if you believe them, they say they've been working on that for a long time. And it's one thing if Triple H says it, but the the person involved in Evolve has also come out and kind of came out with the same story. So it's it's one of those things, like you said, it's like your two friends going at it. And when you step back and you look at it objectively, you can see both sides and you just kind of say, you know what, I think this is just really muddy and there was some miscommunication and it doesn't make the fight end, you know. Because yeah. neither one of them want to believe that they were the one who got some kind of misinformation or anything. They're the ones who feel like they were slighted. But um, it, it will be interesting to see who the first person in AEW to leave with a sour taste in their mouth is. Because right now, everybody in AEW loves AEW. You know, everybody who's in WWE seems like it's a mixed bag. You know, you got Seth Rollins out there just kissing ass all over the place, but then well, you got until Luke... that thing he said about Vince, did, <laughs> did you catch that? He, uh, he apparently trashed Vince to a fan. Um, and someone filmed it. Cause, uh, I think it was on one of Russo's shows. I heard that. Uh, yeah, and they I heard actually played the clip. That, yeah. yeah. It got taken but... down, but, uh, it's funny how, um, a few days later, uh, uh, Rollins was actually working a heel, um, burning the, um, Burning the uh, Firefly Funhouse down. Yeah. But then you got Luke Harper out there talking shit, you know. So it's it's kind of a mixed bag. But in AEW, everybody's talking about how great everything is. So once somebody leaves AEW, like I said, with a sour taste in their mouth, I think that's when we're going to... Uh, obviously, they're going to be skewed because they're leaving with a bad taste in their mouth. But that's when we're going to get a real glimpse into what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. And... Uh, I'm starting to wonder if that person might end up being Jim Ross. 
Yes. Because yes. On the mic, I, I think the guy's worth his weight in gold behind the scenes. Mm. On the mic, he's worth his weight in aluminum. Still valuable, but he's not worth as much, you know? And it, I think this last episode, it was really obvious that Tony Schiavone and Excalibur work the best together. And when one of those guys is gone, and, and maybe it falls more on Excalibur, but Excalibur and JR just wasn't as good. And that's what kind of upset me with the show. It's like, man, you took one of the guys who's on your announce team to ride in a limo and talk to Cody for how many segments? And that guy could have been on the mic and contributing to the show and putting more into it. Because to me, I think the show really lagged without Tony Schiavone on the mic. So I'm starting to wonder if they're ever going to say, hey, JR, we, we really love you. You're a very valuable person, but we got to take you off off broadcast. Yeah. And maybe maybe they go with the two-man team. Maybe they put Taz in there. Maybe JR will be completely fine with it. I, I think for the most part he will. But once they put him in that backstage role, and maybe they start thinking, man, JR knows what he's talking about, old school wrestling, but we want to go a different way. We, we might really get something out of JR when he, when he leaves that uh, we're not understanding right now. I don't, I don't know if that'll happen, but I think he'll be the first person to go that has a lot to say. I'm, I'm totally with you on that, but I, um, as, as far as actually uh, taking them off a of commentary or keeping them, um, I think that they should have him be the, because um, they've got the, uh, the, the dark matches show on, on YouTube, don't they? They should yeah. have him be on that and then have, obviously they still like doing the, the guest, um, guest commentary. Like they obviously had Taz and I think they said they've got MJF coming up, have like him and a different guy every week and have obviously, um, the, the, the focus of the show be, um, for the Excalibur and, um, Shivani for the main I think, show. I think JR would be good in package interviews cause that's yeah. where he's always shine. Um, as far as dark commentary, I was really surprised that they changed anything up at all because right now the commentary team is so new to each other. Yeah. I think as many hours as they can get to gel with each other, yeah, you need to practice. take advantage of that. You're all in front of the desk already. Just keep going for another hour and and get your hours in so you can, like I said, gel together because you've only had five or six shows. Yeah. So you, you really don't want to bring somebody else in the mix when these guys really need to to work together as much as possible, in my opinion. Now, down the road, yeah, I'd go ahead and, and do something like that. But right now, is is pretty critical they get their <laughs> shit together on commentary. And, and I think they're doing a pretty good job. But like I said, the more hours they get together, the better off they're going to be. Um, that, that, this just popped into my head. I, I completely uh, forgot about it earlier on. But have you uh, played the broken wrestling game yet? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I bought it the first day it came out. How did you find it? Um, Broken? I thought I thought it was all right to be honest with you. I mean, okay. there was stuff here and there, but two K games always have those glitches, and I never really played the uh, like the tower modes or anything. I just played the straight up uh, story mode one. and all that sort of matches. Yeah, yeah. So as, as far as that goes, I didn't really see anything that bad. Yeah, but uh, I think if I played the towers and stuff like that, I would have probably <laughs> had the same shitty experience everybody else did. Uh, the that... thing that 
There's a website I'm going to get to you. Um, I'm going to get to you at some point later on today uh, that, that you won't have to. Hopefully, won't have to pay for games again. Okay. As a as a fellow podcaster, but um, yeah, I'll get that to you a little bit later. But yeah, carry on with your point. The thing that really shocked me the most, I've never pre-ordered a game where the stuff I was going to get as a pre-order didn't come with the game the day the game came out. Maybe that's standard practice other places, but that's never happened to me before. And I get home, I got the deluxe edition, so it's got all the bells and whistles with it. And I, I plug the code in, everything pops up except for the pre-order. And about two or three days ago when we're recording this, I got the pre-order. When I fired the game up, there's a new day all bouncing around the screen telling me a happy Halloween and all this stuff. And now I got the pre-order almost a week after the game came out. And I thought that was very bizarre. So that, that was my biggest complaint. Yeah, something, something isn't right over there in uh, 2K land. <laughs> if it's not glitches, it's sent, not sending you uh, the right stuff. Or I think there was one where people weren't getting a signed thing of Edge uh, that they just got a blank one or something like that. It's like, yeah. Something's that's WCWS not right, but... right there. They're sending FedExes that are blank inside. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, WCW TNA. That's uh, really something. Um, and speaking of comedy, that that's a nice little uh, transition. Um, as far as your podcast goes, I've always wondered this. Um, you know, it, it's good to see someone not going the route of wrestling like everyone else. But um, why comedy? You know, I I was doing stand up comedy at the time, and it was just way too stressful. And when I say doing stand-up comedy at the time, I was, I was just kind of dipping my toe in. It's not like I'm going around headlining or anything, but I, I wanted to really give that a go. And, you know, I got kids. I got a wife. and uh, Speaking of stand-up. <laughs> and it's one of those things, if you really want to get into it, you really got to make time for it. And yeah. that was just something that I didn't want to do. I didn't want to be away every single weekend in another state doing something when my wife and kids are there. And it, it takes so long to build that up to where you're at the level where you can go to other states and do that. Um, at my age and the stuff I have to do, it just wasn't something that I, I was able to, that I was willing to say, yeah, let me put so many hours into this. And uh, the podcast was a way to just kind of, have me out there yeah exactly so um so did you ever sort of think like um because i'm i'm completely oblivious to comedy like i i don't know stand-up comedians i don't know things like that um did you ever sort of take it as uh sort of you know it's an outlet now but it could be something later on you know i could be the comedy podcast kind of thing or was it just sort of like always oh you know I've got the comedy bug in me. I've got to get my ha-has out. I'm going to use the podcast as a constant outlet kind of thing. Yeah, it was basically I would listen to a lot of comedy podcasts at work and I would come up with all these ideas and I just wanted to throw something out there. And the most that I ever really expected to get out of it was I always thought it would be cool if the podcast got big enough to where I could do live shows. And once or twice... I could go over to the UK or uh, Australia or, or somewhere like that and do a, a show for a week for, with 
listeners and and just kind of look around the country and stuff kind of like, as, like what comrade thompson does with uh, the people he does podcasts with yeah yeah but as far as like aspirations i i never thought i'd be like joe rogan level or anything like that it would be nice yeah. but um yeah that that's kind of where my head was at was just try to just get something out there have a good time and all these ideas are in my head i might as well just put them out there now how did you come up with that name what I did was I, I had another podcast before this and I it was called the Anger Mismanagement Show. And it was basically just me coming on bitching but trying to do it in a funny way. Yeah. And I just I don't know, man. I, it was one of those things where I just got sick of that. And I thought, you know, there's so much negativity in the world and the people who listen to your show, I don't want them being the people who sit around bitching every day because that's who who your fan base is going to be. So I thought, you know, I, I want to have people who are like me. And uh, I, I just wanted to go in a whole different way, but I didn't really know how to do that. So I just wrote down a bunch of names on a piece of paper. Then I typed all the names into the internet to see if the domains were taken. And that whittled it down quite a bit. And then I sent a list of 10 names to my friends and said, what's your favorite three? And when I got the responses, I tallied those up and that's how I got the name. So. Well, at least it's not like me where you just, um, you know, uh, it, you feel like you've eaten too much. You have to take a private moment, you know, go to the bathroom and then you throw things at the wall and see if they stick. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was one of those things where... It, podcasts i don't know at least with mine it's went through a lot of different phases you know and uh it's it just kind of ebbs and flows so yeah. um re remind me across um across your show now across uh your previous show like how long have you been doing the podcast in general uh six years uh, as far as yeah, yeah doing podcasts go yeah okay so that's that's clo close close to me then because i obviously um I, I can't remember whether it was 10 years or eight years it was it was whenever who slamming who was a thing um yeah. so that's i think about 10 years but yeah so you know we're we're on that sort of level where it's like okay before everyone got a podcast <laughs> and that's what annoys me man is i wanted to start a podcast back in like 2006 2007 yeah and it, it kills me because it's like man if i would have done that there would have been so many more there was less listeners, but there was less shows for people to listen to. So you would have a higher market share of those listeners. Yep. And it just kills me. It's like, why the fuck did I wait so long? Yeah, waiting. That This is why I am proud of being one of the most impatient people on this planet. Because waiting really does hurt you. And yeah, more so in, in a case like this. But yeah, that, that's patience for you. Yeah, you can't be a patient man. The only reason I'm actually patient right now is these little things here. <laughs> uh, no, that's for my headaches. That's not for my patients. <laughs> okay. I thought those were suppositories. Oh, no, no, no. Nothing goes up there. <laughs> Nothing goes up there. They're, um, they are amitriptyline. They are um, headache headache pills because I, um, I don't know if I told you I, I got a nasty bump at work back in February. I uh, got a serious concussion and uh, eight millimeter bleed to the back of my brain. So, uh, wow. yeah, some uh, wonderful things that the world uh, world gives you. But, hey, I'm still laughing. 
How did they fix that? Um, they haven't yet. I mean, it, okay. it sort of re- it reabsorbed. Um, you know, I uh, had a, a good painful few months because I had headaches ever since until I started take. Well, I took two other things before that. They didn't really. One didn't really work. One kind of worked, and then this worked perfectly. But for the most part, for most of this month, I've been a zombie because <laughs> I've been either sleeping or um, not there in the head. Well, it's a perfect month to do it. It was October, so you can just <laughs> make that part of your Halloween costume. Uh, exactly. Just a zombie for Halloween. Well, no, I, I just wore... wore um, hold on, I'll grab it. I wore... This Joker mask. Oh, okay. So... I just literally wore that, and uh, I could have got the purple suit, but I'm lazy, so I didn't. <laughs> the, the biggest... Um, the biggest part of my day now, the biggest worry is literally, what do I put in my ice cream? You know, I've, I've got no care in the world, no no Halloween costume, you know, no real um, financial problems, you know, no uh, no problems to deal with people-wise. Uh, wink. Um, my biggest problem is what to put in my ice cream. Don't you think that's a wonderful life, Jason? That is really nice, man. That really I- is. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. It's uh, it's nice not to have a lot of stress and stuff. That's one thing I, I made sure to do, especially financially, is yeah, uh, make sure you pay everything off. That way you don't have all that shit looming over you. Well, I mean, um, Amazon is probably my my biggest um, my biggest outlet as far as money goes. And uh, well, it's a good thing I can't move my camera because if you could see above my uh, 3D print shelf, well you'd see that I have a problem when it comes to Amazon. <laughs> but yeah, so um, as far as your show goes, uh, I've, I've thrown a plug or two in there before, but I will let you do your thing and uh, tell the wonderful people listening and the not-so-wonderful people listening because we get those sorts of people too. You tell everyone where to go, where to hear you, and where they can find you. All right. The show's called We Don't Have Cookies. You can go to wedonthavecookies.com and see a lot of the old episodes and uh, just different things. Go check the site out. But the uh, the episodes kind of have changed a little bit lately. I took some time off to uh, do some stuff out in the yard. And when I came back, like I said, there's a lot of ebbs and flows with my show. And we sort of took it in a different direction. So um, a lot of nonsense, <laughs> a lot of out of uh, left field questions like what's what's the favorite mailbox you've ever seen <laughs> stuff like that um we the guests just kind of range we have comedians on there there's been uh ufc hall of famers dan dan severn a uh, good buddy of mine now he's part of the show yeah. ken shamrock's been on uh presidential candidate ben glebe was on <laughs> and, uh that that was talked about quite a bit because it uh, started off a little bit confrontational and I got a ton of feedback on there. Uh, my most downloaded guest ever was uh, Rhoda Young. Make sure you check out those episodes. That lady is uh, fantastic. She's absolutely crazy. I've never had anybody come on that I've had so much fun on and off the mic with yeah. and nobody has ever... Well, I guess Elena Davies, but uh, she's just so popular. It was it was incredible. But uh, you, you just never know what's going to happen, man. The, that's one thing I like about podcasting. It just takes you in a lot of different areas. And uh, you know, 
like I said, with Elena Davies, I had her on the show. And the next thing you know, I was, I was working for her for a few months doing her podcast. And, um, you just, you just never know. That's the beauty of it. I, I never in a million years thought I would have Dan Severn on my show. And the next thing you know, we'd be friends. <laughs> yeah. It, it really, uh, really shows you that life can take you in any direction. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had uh, probably my most, well, one of my most downloaded guests was um, we had uh, a guy who was a um, guest appearance on Gotham. Um, he was the mutant leader. Uh, his name's Sid. That was probably uh, probably one of my most downloaded um, episodes before I uh, started throwing all the 3D print videos out there. And they ran all my numbers down. So, But yeah, um, this has been fun. Uh we should do this again sometime when your schedule dictates and uh, my season, you know, I, I tend to put a season on things cause uh, I'm lazy and I don't like going all year round. Um, my season should be running till like later this month, something like that. So, I mean, season three will be January, something like that. We can, uh, we can go again in season three, but yeah, this, this has been right. fun. I feel like we've connected a bit more than we had before. Um, I feel like not having 16 other people on, on a, an episode with us. Um, <laughs> and uh, obviously there wasn't 16 people. I'm just counting, um, you know, three people plus one. Um, but yeah, uh, not having 16 other people with us has uh, made it a lot easier to connect. But no, it, it's been fun and I've appreciated you having you here. Yeah, sounds good, Harry. It was a lot of fun being on and it was fun to talk wrestling with somebody. I normally don't get to do that very often, so... I appreciate your time, man. It was, it was a good time. Well, I'll I tell you what. I think is the next one. Um, I may. I say may. I said may before the first AEW show, and I actually delivered on that. I may just watch a wrestling show and, and review with it. They review it with you. See, I can't even. Hey, speak. I call it. I call it the brain damage. But <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I may just watch a wrestling show and, and we can review it. Um, maybe we do one of the pay per views or something like that. But yeah. Um, Sounds good. We'll, we'll figure that out. And uh, until then, where can people find you on social media? I am Jason Marshall too on Twitter. And if you go to Instagram, it's we don't have cookies there and uh, facebook.com slash we don't have cookies. Did you choose two or did uh, someone take them one? No, somebody already had uh, Jason Marshall and Jason Marshall one. And I was early enough on Twitter. I just took Jason Marshall too. <laughs> it was like 2000. 2008 i think is when i got on twitter so it was a long time ago i i didn't even know there was a 2008 i'm that short uh short of memory yeah what was <sighs> crazy there there was something going on in syria i heard on the news and yeah. uh people in syria were getting the word out about whatever it was that was going on over twitter because uh the uh the government was shutting them down every other way of communication and it was just this little known platform back then and next thing you know it just kind of exploded after that uh, it's no tout but it'll do <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think that's the perfect place to cut that i'll um i'll press the uh stop and hope that my uh wonderful